Greetings, Seamheads. This is Anilo Piro of MileHighSports.com coming at you with the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rockies-centric podcast powered by MileHighSports.com, Mile High Sports the Magazine, and Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 104.7. I am one half of the engine that keeps this podcast moving. My partner, Luke Zalman, is uh, off the podcasting realm tonight and is uh, riding the ship for our written content over at MileHighSports.com, which you're definitely going to want to go check out. He has some fantastic fantastic articles um, that have been coming out over the past few days and some that we have um, planned for the future here as the Rockies are set to come home and uh, start the season at, or start their home portion of the season this Friday against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, so be sure to check out MileHighSports.com to stay up to date with all of your Colorado Rockies content. Um, in the latest installment of this podcast, we're going to be talking about three primary subjects, that being the reported extension um, that starting pitcher Herman Marquez received from their club earlier this afternoon. Um, the injuries to key players, Daniel Murphy and Jake McGee, as well as the stagnant offense that the Rockies have been dealing with to open up this season. They really have just struggled out of the gate to get anything going at the plate. And, you know, they, they really are kind of giving us an eerie reminder of, this, uh, of you know, how the club ended the season last year in the National League Division Series. Um, just no life in their offense and inability to come up with a big hit in a clutch situation. Um, and they really have just been struggling year-round to, um, you know, string hits together. They're, they're a boomer bust team offensively, so we'll get into that later on in the podcast. But let's start off um, with the news of the day, I would say, which is the reported extension that um, the Rockies and starting pitcher Herman Marquez agreed upon. Uh, agreed to, which was a five-year deal worth $43 million, which will lock Marquez up through the 2024 season. So obviously a big win for the Rockies and the 24-year-old starting pitcher, Herman Marquez, in this situation. Um, over the past few seasons, Marquez has developed into one of the premier starters in the game, especially in the National League. And alongside Kyle Freeland is really... Um, grown into the featured arm in this Colorado Rockies rotation. Um, a lot of a lot of people kind of regard Marquez as the more talented pitcher overall, um, despite the fact that Kyle Freeland is actually the more accomplished pitcher at this at this point in time. Um, that said, it seems like Marquez's potential, um, you know, with, with his with his ceiling, um, with his pitching ability on the mound seems to be higher than that of Freeland. Um, so that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on as he progresses throughout his career. Um, but yeah, kind of like I alluded to, uh, the reported deal is for five years and $43 million, which will essentially wipe out all of Marquez's pre-arbitration years, his arbitration years, and I believe one year um, of what would have been his free agency. So the Rockies are locking up um, you know, one of their best pitchers throughout the prime of his career. Uh, in 2018, Marquez was 14-11, and 11, started a career-high 33 games, and recorded a um, franchise-high 230 strikeouts, um, which eclipsed the previous record set by Yabaldo Jimenez of, I believe, 214. So a career year for the youngster last year on the mound. Um, also got the nod in two crucial games for the Rockies, that being the tiebreaker game against the Dodgers, um, the game 163, and the third game of the National League Division Series against the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, both of which games the Rockies ended up losing, but Marquez, you know, threw a decent game in both of those, had good starts, um, you know, so if there was any question about his ability in the big moment, I think you can kind of wipe that off the slate, being that he has been so successful um, and, and, you know, shown signs of greatness in those high leverage situations. Uh, but yeah, like I said, 14-11 with a 3.77 
ERA last season for the Rockies. Um, really just a consistent arm throughout the entirety of the season and kind of helps stabilize a rotation that outside of Marquez and Freeland, it, it really is kind of a mixed bag. You know, they have no real identity past those first two guys. So um, definitely a good move for the Rockies. Kind of seems like a bargain um, for the club, to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, like I've been saying, Marquez really is one of the premier young starting pitchers in the game um, as well. And, you know, something that's just really been blowing my mind as well is how many young players have been signing these extensions? Um, you know, Marquez is certainly not the first player um, to sign an extension, you know, to forego arbitration and forego, you know, the first couple seasons of free agency. Um, the guy who the Rockies just faced tonight, you know, starting pitcher Blake Snell also signed a five-year, $50 million extension earlier this season. Um, we saw Xander Bogarts get a big deal from the Red Sox. We saw um, Acuna from the Braves get a deal. We saw um, Randall Grichich, of I can't say his last name ever, um, of the Blue Jays also get a deal. So, you know, young or, you know, teams hand, you know, teams giving their young core players that form that nucleus contracts. It seems to be the trend here recently with the Rockies, you know, you know, adjusting to that trend accordingly by locking up Marquez for this. Um, but I kind of alluded to Marquez and Freeland being that lethal one-two punch at the top of the Rockies rotation. Um, and they really just, they, they've been outstanding for the club the past couple of seasons. The duo combined for 66 starts and 398.1 innings pitched last season. And were really kind of the crux that helped push this team to the postseason for the second consecutive season um, last year. So, you know, Freeland is still, you know, he, he's not necessarily signed to an extension, but listen, he went to Thomas Jefferson High School, um, a homegrown product, loves playing for the Rockies. You know, I do expect something to get done with Freeland um, at some point here in the future, but Harmar Marquez, you know, for the time being is is the one of two pillars in that Rocky starting rotation that has been locked up. So great stuff all around for the Rockies in that sense, um, as they do lock up one of the best young pitchers in the game at the moment. Um, for, and, you know, it was really interesting, and I have a story going up on this um, at my, on MileHighSports.com tomorrow morning, um, the timing of this deal. Um, for those of you that don't know, Marquez was signed by the Tampa Bay Rays when he was a youngster and was traded to them, uh, was traded to the Rockies in 2016 in a package that was really highlighted by relief pitcher Jake McGee. Um, you know, that was really the focal and the center point of that deal was Jake McGee for the Rockies. And, you know, a, you know, a handful of seasons removed from that deal, her Ron Marquez is the crown jewel, you know, of that trade. And, you know, the Rockies gave up Corey Dickerson in a low-level prospect who is yet to crack the Major League roster. Dickerson no longer with the Rays. So, you know, it's definitely safe to say that the Rockies did conquer and win that trade with the Rays, um, getting a serviceable relief pitcher in McGee, who we'll get to later in this podcast, and Marquez, who is one of the better young pitchers that we've seen um, in recent times. So, you know, definitely good, good fans. Um, I think it's a good sign in the sense that I had a few questions about the team's um, spending habits following the contract extension to Nolan Arenado. Um, you know, how much money were they going to be willing to spend? How much, you know, how, what, what was their budget moving forward? Were they going to be on a tight budget considering the amount of money that they've given to Nolan over the past or, you know, over the coming years? Or are they going to, you know, be able to open up that paycheck or open up the, the bank? Um, and pay some of these guys to keep their core together and keep this team competitive moving forward. And obviously, you know, Nolan got signed less than two months ago. Now you have the extension for Marquez, a, a clear sign of dedication to winning with the core group of guys that they currently have um, from ownership and from general manager Jeff Breidich. So, um, you know, can't say it enough. It's a solid move all around for Marquez and the Rockies. Marquez gets paid, um, you know, a little bit more money than he probably would have having gone, having gone through arbitration. Um, and he gets to stay, you know, for an extra year year in free agency um, with a club that has kind of helped 
you know, give him a strong foundation moving forward in his career. So um, let's move on here to some of the injuries that the Rockies have been dealing with here in recent time. Most notably, um, Daniel Murphy, who signed a two-year, $24 million contract um, with the Rockies ahead of the, or at the start of the season to play first base for them. Um, he injured his index, I believe it's his left index finger, when he was diving for a ball. Um, playing first base in the Miami series. Um, initially, was there was really no prognosis on what the injury was going to be, how long a timetable would be. Um, but earlier today, manager Bud Black came out and said that he does expect Murphy to miss about a month. Um, and there was an interesting kind of tidbit of information that came out from Nick Groke, the Colorado Rockies reporter for The Athletic, um, saying that Murphy will miss at least a month with an at- with an avulsion fracture in his left index finger, which was the worst possible outcome for that kind of an injury. Um, the timetable that is being provided is currently four to six weeks, um, although four weeks appears to be the earliest that Murphy would return at this point in time, um, meaning that he's probably going to return closer to that five, six-week mark, um, You know, which is definitely a big blow for the Rockies considering they were banking on Murphy being one of their premier players this season, someone to supplement the offense um, after losing a guy like DJ LeMayhew. So it's definitely a big blow, um, but it's going to open up playing time for guys like Pat Vileka, who was recalled in correspondence with this injury. Um, youngsters Garrett Hampson and Ryan McMahon will certainly get more and more playing time, and veteran Mark Reynolds, who the Rockies signed to a minor league contract ahead of the season, will definitely be getting an extended amount of playing time at first base, um, a position that he's comfortable with um, and that he's played at the major league level for the Rockies um, you know, a, a lot in his career. So definitely a, a, a big loss for the Rockies and Daniel Murphy. Um, he was one for 10 before getting hurt, obviously, you know, this preseason stuff or, you know, not preseason, but the early season stats, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, one for 10 to open up the season, but, um, He's a career 299 hitter, but where the Rockies are really going to miss Daniel Murphy in the early going is his production at home. Um, he's a lifetime 330 hitter with a 536 slugging percentage at Coors Field. You know, that is production that is really going to, you know, hurt the Rockies that they're not going to have now moving forward. Um, you know, he's a pure line drive hitter. He was going to be a double, he's going to be a doubles machine for the Rockies when he could stay healthy. Um, but obviously, his home debut for the club is going to have to be delayed here a little bit as he's been placed on on the 10-day injured list um, with that injury to his left index finger. So not great for the Rockies in that sense. They lose one of their their potential key contributors of the season. Um, that said, like I kind of alluded to, it will open up doors for guys like Ryan McMahon and Garrett Hampson um, to get more consistent at-bats uh, at and playing time at the major league level. Um, so we'll see if they can make the most of that opportunity. But, you know, for a club that has serious postseason you know, aspirations and, and wants to move further past the National League Division Series, um, you know, like they did last season. A guy like Murphy is someone that you want playing every day and playing consistently. So not having him in your lineup for five to six weeks is definitely going to hurt them. Um, somebody else at the Rockies will be without his relief pitcher, Jake McGee. McGee injured himself while playing in a, a game against Tampa, um, and he sprained his left knee and was placed on the 10-day injured list. And something that's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on with McGee is that he was placed on the then-disabled list um, in 2015 and 16 um, with injuries to his left knee. So this has been something that's kind of been um, prominent throughout his career recently as he's aged in McGee. Um, obviously a reoccurring injury to some sorts in terms of the position of the injury. Um, and, you know, 
the Rockies let guys like Adam Adovino go, you know, this offseason, banking on guys like Jake McGee and Scott Oberg um, to, you know, kind of rise to the occasion and improve off the seasons in which they had last year. Um, you know, in McGee's case, he, he's really kind of been hot and cold throughout his time with the Rockies organization, um, more so tending towards the cold side, especially last season. So um, the Rockies were really, really banking on McGee, um, re, you know, returning to form and, and, you know, being an all-star caliber pitcher that they thought they were getting when they signed him to that three-year extension a couple of off-seasons ago. So um, in correspondence with that move, the Rockies recalled um, relief pitcher Carlos Estevez, who's bounced around with the Major League Club in each of the past few seasons. So uh, another one of these kind of young guns um, that the, in terms of pitching that the Rockies have that are going to get um, some more opportunities. So Obviously, best-case scenario for the Rockies is that McGee um, can return from injury swiftly and, you know, bounce back to the form that he was when he was, uh, when he was earlier in his career with the Rays. So um, an opportunity opens up for Estevez as well, so let's keep an eye on, on what he has to bring to the table moving forward for the Rockies because at this point in time, they really need any help that they can get in any capacity um, as they've struggled to open up the season. But that's pretty much it for their injured players, and now let's move on to what's kind of... Uh, been eating Rockies fans alive, and that is their offense. Um, the Rockies today, as of what is this Tuesday, as of eight fifty-five on Tuesday, April second, are two and four, and um, were shut out against the Tampa Bay Rays four to nothing in the in the second game of the series. And, and listen, t- the Rockies have scored fifteen runs total this season, twelve of which came in the first two games of the year against the Miami Marlins. So you know, following those first two games, which you know were started by uh, pitchers Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez, the Rockies' offense has been absolutely dormant. The last four games, the club has totaled just four runs in 123 at-bats and have um, compiled a 171 batting average collectively amongst the team, which is just awful. I mean, if you're anywhere in either 210, 215 mark, that's not good. But to be below the 200 batting average um, you know, statistic, it, it's certainly got to be a damper on a season that was loaded with expectations for this club. Um, considering some of the additions they made, considering the Nolan Arenado extension, you know, you would have liked to have seen um, you know, a more ferocious offense out of the gate, um, which, and that just has not been the case for the Rockies club. So, um, you know, Blake Snell's um, struck out 13 batters in his start this afternoon against the Rockies, which is just unacceptable. Um, the Rockies have scored just one run in their last 27 innings played, um, and, and which is one run in the last three games. You know, and and I, I've seen stuff on Twitter talking about, oh, you know, the Rockies have historically never played well in Florida and yada, yada, yada. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for them, but it's like, this is a very important season for this club. You know, they've invested a lot of money. They extended Nolan. Um, you know, fans are are oozing with optimism, and it's really been in a disheartening start for this team and this club offensively. You know, considering that. Uh, you know, everybody is really used to the Rockies' offense being, you know, the pinnacle and the the best aspect of this team. You know, which has just not been the case. So they've really struggled. They've been outscored by their opponents, twenty five to fifteen, so far this season. So just not a lot of production offensively from the Rockies at this point in time. Um, so you know, we're we're gonna have to see how they're gonna adjust to this, but. They, they don't have a lot of time to spare um, in, in terms of their offensive output. You know, really, there's everybody in the lineup is struggling for the most part. Um, Charlie Blackman hit, hit a leadoff with a batting average of 240 so far. Garrett Hampson isn't even hitting 100. He's hitting .077. Arenado, you know, doing his thing, hitting 280. Um, Trevor Story, you know, kind of the, the, the big bat in the middle of the lineup that's supposed to provide protection for Arenado, um, has struggled hitting 182. Um, one bright spot is David Dahl, who's hitting 381. So it's 
it's really good to see that Dahl, you know, has a good swing going considering the injuries that he's dealt with over the past few seasons. Um, you know, in 2019, also Dahl having an expanded role. So it's good to see David Dahl gets going. You know, same old story with Ian Desmond. He's hitting 105. Mark Reynolds hitting 200. Catcher Chris Iannetta hitting 182. You know, it, it's just, you, you have multiple guys who are hitting sub 200 right now, and that is just not good for the Rockies. Um, you know, they, they did bring in a new hitting coach in Dave Magadan this offseason. Um, obviously, you know, his work and his efforts have not translated so far this season. Um, you know, you'd hope that they translate sooner rather than later, but, you know, the, the point that I've been making on Twitter um, is that it, things aren't getting easier for the Rockies. You know, this was supposed to be, you know, a quote-unquote easy start to the season, being that they had, you know, two series against two non-playoff teams last year, especially against the Marlins, who were one of the worst teams overall in baseball last year. Um, you know, the Rockies are going home to face the defending NL West champion Los Angeles Dodgers and the defending National League East champion Atlanta Braves. So two tough series for the Rockies when they return home. Um you know, they do have that one game tomorrow against the Rays in which Marquez will start, so we'll see if they could uh, get something going offensively, try to get some good mojo going as they do come home. You know, but at the time being, you know, this offense is is just giving us an eerie, eerie reminder, um, you know, of how the season ended for them last year against Milwaukee. Um, you know, just unable to string hits together, just looking lost at the plate, getting behind in counts, missing good pitches to hit. Um, you know, and even today in the loss to Tampa Bay, I believe Trevor Story got picked off trying to steal a base you know I'm not trying to say that they're being overly aggressive but they're just not sharp you know in their performance which is something that we're not you know we haven't really been accustomed to over the past couple of seasons um, so it's definitely going to be an interesting trend um, to see how this Rockies offense continues to perform uh, moving forward you know I, I've kind of been hammering the fact that past Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland, the Rockies starting rotation isn't too deep, and because of that, they're going to need to supplement you know, that with high-scoring games and, and a lot of runs and a lot of base hits, and we just haven't seen that so far from the Rocks, so um, definitely a cause for concern, and you know, it, it's really difficult to try to break down this early season stuff, because you know, it, sometimes it takes these guys a week or two, you know, maybe even longer to really get into the flow you know, of a 162-game season, so you do have to take their early season performance with a little bit of a grain of salt, but, you know, in an ultra-competitive National League this season, you know, where you have teams like the Cardinals, the Mets, the Phillies, um, you know, the Padres look decent, you know, you have a lot of teams that are, you know, going to be competitive this season, probably more so than last year, you know, the wild card is going to be a lot more difficult to attain this season, and, you know, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers, so the division, you know, is no walk in the park either. Um, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, it's probably going to be more difficult for the Rockies to make the postseason this year than it was last considering um, the improved rosters in the National League and the the, the deduction of talent that the Rockies have experienced, you know, losing Adam Ottavino, losing DJ LeMahieu, um, you know, those are key play. Those were key contributors to the club last year that are no longer here. And you know, the Rockies are are banking off the internal growth of guys like Hampson, McMahon. Um, you know, I talked about Jake McGee as well, Scott Oberg, Brian Shaw. You know, they're they're banking on guys that they've paid and guys that they've drafted and developed to step up to the plate and supplement that production, which we just have not seen so far this season. Um, obviously, only six games in. Um, so you do have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But, you know, these are early season trends that are definitely going to be worth keeping an eye on, um, you know, as the Rockies start to progress throughout this 2019 season. So um, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, the Rockies are finishing up their seven-game um, road trip to open up the season tomorrow with a game against the Rays in which Herman Marquez will be starting. So that'll be a good one to watch. 
um, tomorrow afternoon, and then they will come home f- starting Friday with a three-game series against Los Angeles Dodgers, followed by a series with the Atlanta Braves. So two tough series when the Rockies return. Obviously, they're not going to return you know, in, in the form in which they would have liked. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's a, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, so there's obviously a lot of time for the Rockies to make up this lost ground. And, I mean, you've got teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, all of which are struggling, you know, which are some of the premier teams in the league. So, you know, no reason to hit the panic button, Rockies fans, by any means. Um, you know, but the foundation is being laid for what is a, a critical and important 2019 season for the Colorado Rockies. So you're going to want to keep an eye on all these trends as the season progresses. But uh, I think that's going to do it for me. I'm going to sit back, relax, and uh, see what the Denver Nuggets have in store for us tonight against the Golden State Warriors. I believe they're a game out of the number one seed in the Western Conference, so that'll be fun to watch. Um, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Media by AP and also on Instagram at AVP.media. I'm really trying to get more interactive with Instagram this year. Um, started my own kind of business account, so if you want Rockies information, baseball information, um, some cool pictures that I take of you know um, local music music acts in Denver, be sure to follow me on Instagram at avp.media. I'm going to be updating that all throughout the season. Um, and also, be sure to check out milehighsports.com. You know, outside of the podcast, we're going to have great game takeaways, um, some features, some columns, exclusive quotes, um, all that good stuff. You know, we put a lot of effort into providing you, the fan, with fantastic content over at milehighsports.com across all of the major sports here in Colorado. Uh, from the preps to the pros, milehighsports.com is your number one place to be for all Colorado sports information. And additionally, if you like print magazines and you like Sports Illustrated, you're going to want to pick up the latest edition of Mile High Sports, the magazine. It's our baseball preview. Um, I have two big stories in that one, including the cover story on Nolan Arenado. Um, He gave me some fantastic quotes talking about his love for the city of Denver. Um, So if you want to get to know, you know, the face of the franchise of the Rockies a little bit more um, in a way that you might not necessarily have known before, pick up a copy of Mile High Sports, the magazine, and check out my story. Got a good one on Nolan as well as um, Top Prospect. Brendan Rogers, who you might see at some point this season. So um, be sure to check that stuff out if you want to get the inside scoop on your team. But yeah, again, like I said, follow me on Twitter at Media by AP, on Instagram at AVP.media. I will be at Coors Field bright and early Friday morning with Luke to bring you guys some fantastic Rockies coverage. So you're going to want to stay up to date on the social media stuff and also on MyLifeSports.com where we provide the best, the premier Rockies coverage in the city. But, uh, you know, that's going to do it for me on the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast. We will be back very, very soon and look forward to reporting live from Coors Field when the Rocks return on Friday. Catch you later.